Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today we are talking about transitions. And it seems appropriate to talk about this as transitions are in the air. People are graduating. Summer is often a time for vacations, perhaps weddings, seasonal changes, and all the rest. But actually what inspired this episode was a recent reading from the Center of Action and Contemplation. They send out these newsletters and they had the topic of transitions that came up recently. And as I was reading and reflecting on actually one of the authors that contributes to those newsletters, Ryan McLaren, he was noting some of his reflections on the Genesis story of creation and kind of the different ways that Greeks and Hebrews tend to think about that story. And his words, in the Hebrew poetry of Genesis 1, God's creation was simply put in process. It started simple and grew more complex. It started in chaos and order took shape. It started without life and life sprang forth and multiplied. The Hebrew sense of good is dynamic. It is fertile and fruitful and full of change. And then he contrasted that with kind of the Greeks where the Greeks tend to strive for perfection, stoic. And so it's static, it's sterile, it's changeless. You attain the sense of perfection in the creation from the Greek perspective. And then he said, Hebrew good is better than Greek perfect. And I found myself struck by that because a lot of times we'll talk about the perfect day or the perfect scenario. And I think that kind of thinking tends to bleed into our, our culture. We're obviously very heavily influenced by Greek culture. And I think sometimes I've noticed too, even if a day isn't going well, and it's like, you know, my kids would be like, this is an awful day, or I've had a rough sort of stent of a day. And it's okay. In reality, we can transition and make the rest of the day better. There is motion. There is creation that can still happen in this day. It's not like we didn't reach the perfection. And so therefore it's all gone. Or when we do a project, we're creating something, putting something out into the world and it wasn't perfect. It didn't land how we wanted it to land. That's okay. We can still recreate and create with it and be dynamic with it. It doesn't have to be the static, like pass or fail, good or bad, yes or no. And so I found myself really inspired by this thinking about transitions. And again, not necessarily the transition of from A to B, fall to winter or things like that. But the idea of like in, in the process of the actual creation of something that there is life, there is dynamism. And even I remember years ago thinking about the creation story and it's, wow, like today creation is happening. Life is happening. It wasn't just like something that happened eons ago, but there's today there is a baby being born right now as we're talking, multiple babies or fruit from the ground being created or artworks being created. There's this constant creative energy in our world that we get to, to take part of. So as I bring up the topic of transitions, I wonder what emerges for the two of you. I really enjoy thinking about these types of things. And I had actually just heard recently somebody talk about evolution in the same way, I guess, as the Hebrews, though I don't think that I fully knew that it was a Hebrew way of thinking versus a Greek way of thinking. But yeah, they too talked about it as unfinished. And that does cause me then to reflect and wonder, do we sometimes think of evolution as something that already happened? Because when you study it in a science book, perhaps it feels it is static at times. Oh, this is just what I'm living. But can we see farther into the future? Which then makes me think of a, it was a global spirit video that I saw from indigenous peoples. And they were talking about climate and how the, the earth has been giving its tail that things are changing and things are different. And there can be a lot of 
fear in that story or what's the point? Like things are just dying and we're not going to make it. But these indigenous people, they just said, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's next. And a lot of times we think that we have to hold on to things the way that they are. There cannot be a what's next versus being able to say there, there's always a what's next. <laughs> the question is, what will it be? Yeah. And I think I'm struck by the transition, leaving one thing to another or new life budding, or I think one thing that I'm hearing underlying is there could also be the death of one thing that leads into this new thing. And I think that's the thing that people don't like to talk about or think about. I think the death process, there's a, a lot of systems and structures that I feel like if I were to look around, they're in their death throes. But I think if you look at one's life, uh, you know, I was listening to a guy who was doing spiritual direction training programs, and he was speaking about the death and rebirth. And one of the things that I was struck by is he said, often the birth and death and rebirth happen anywhere from five to seven times in a person's life. And I think transitions, thinking through there's the birth the death and the rebirth that are a part of that process. Yeah, I was listening to someone and I actually mentioned him on our last podcast. It's the 78-year-old man who is just full of life and zest. And he runs these coaching programs for entrepreneurs. And he said, often I will meet with younger entrepreneurs who had some degree of success in their earlier lives. And they're often like talking about, you know, what they did and they made these bold moves or took these risks and it led them to this great success. And he said, there's this illusion that they did that once and then that's it. He said, but if you're going to keep re-innovating and going into the next thing, it's always going to take courage. You don't just have courage once, you have to have courage again. And he's he that AKA fear, like there's a little bit of, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm unsure of myself, but I believe it deep enough in me that I'm going to step out and do this. And that actually is what catalyzes the change and the confidence and all the things that come after that. But it, you have to keep doing that. And I just thought, wow, you're right. I'm just thinking in spiritual terms too. I've been reflecting a lot on the lives of the disciples and the courage that it took to leave what was known to them and to follow Jesus. But then they had to keep having courage, right? It's okay, now you go out and you be the one that brings the message of good news and healing to people. And it's like, what are you talking about? We've never done this before. So it took a degree of courage. And then they got comfortable with that. And then another degree of courage of, now I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and I'm gone and you have to do this. And so this continual reiteration of stepping out, trying courage, that it's not a one-time deal. These are all such helpful points and the kind of the journey of courage, right? To continue on that theme from even our last podcast, there's this whole journey to it. And some feel like you, they go fast. Last weekend, there were no buds on the trees where I am. And then the next, it's one day, two days, it just opens up and there's all of this life that is budded and other things feel like they take years, which is also true. Like evolution can take Years and years, all the change. And then sometimes it just is overnight, this whole experience. And when I'm in the longer ones, that's when I tend to be like, is this ever ending? Or are we just, is this what life is now? And in a way, this is what life is now. <laughs> sometimes I have this expectation that I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm, it's just going to be totally different. I'll feel different. Everything will be different. And then that's just not true. There is a longer process. It kind of depends on what it is that you're working through or what you're experiencing. Yeah, I appreciate 
the naming of the process. And I think one of the things that could happen in transition is the people get stuck. And I grew up in West Texas, and I think a lot of people have heard of Friday Night Lights, right? The whole football culture of West Texas. And I remember so many experiences as like a teenager being around these 50, 60 year old guys. And they're talking about football from 30 years ago. That's the epitome of their whole life. It's just like these moments that happen in their late teens. And there's this component of stuckness. Like they're sitting in the barbershop or they're sitting out on their porch and all of life is about these moments that happened way back when. And so I, I'm just thinking back then, is that all there is to life that I trained to play football? And then, and it steered me away from that whole thing because of the elders in my life who were stuck back in these moments. And so I find that to be an in interesting aspect to transitions. If you do not, if you do not die fully and then something emerges or rebirth, then you are stuck and you're just like reliving these old stories. Yeah. I think we see that in all sorts of ways, right? If your marriage was dedicated to raising your kids and then they're gone and you don't have the, you're reliving those days or even professional athletes who are Olympian gold medalists, right? After that, you have to transition into the next thing to, to try to find what that is. And it does, it takes some soul searching and some un lack of clarity and courage and, and those sorts of things. And you have to, and I think as humans, we have the temptation, of course, we want to go back to our successes because that felt good and it's comfortable and it's known. It's much harder to press through the transition into the next thing because it's unknown. And even going back earlier to that quote about creation started off simple, it grew more complex. It started in chaos and order took shape, right? And so there is a sense of like chaotic, I don't know, or there's nothing there. And so we have to bring shape into the next thing in our transition. So I appreciate what you're saying there, Chris. I do too. And Barbara Holmes is another author. She talks a little bit about letting go and transition. She's, oh yeah, it's about opening to the possibility of today. So not the experience of raising our children or that one amazing catch that <laughs> changed everything for that one game. But what is the possibility for today in this moment, even if it's, and she says, even if it's shadowy and disorienting, which is the struggle. Sometimes we really don't know exactly what this thing will become. Many of like my husband and I like to plant gardens all of a sudden now in the stage of life. But when you plant a seed, you don't even know if it's coming up. And sometimes one is, it's a fast one and it just shoots up and it's really big, really fast. And others come up days or even weeks later. And you think, where did you come from? I thought you were a dead seed. And for whatever reason, it just took longer. So sometimes the beginnings, it's not clear what is going to come, how big something could possibly be or how much it could change your life. Yeah. No, I think definitely there are, there's a component to waiting or some people would say liminal space, there's definitely that component to transitions. And a lot of people, that's so not our culture, right? You know, like this idea of waiting, being in liminal space, because I think because we're so utilitarian, like we are, all of our value comes from doing, getting things done. And so whenever you're in a waiting process, it's more looking inward and 
what is going to emerge out of me? What is going to be so? And yeah, I just, I think we can become better at that, but we have some cultural barriers to overcome. That reminds me of a podcast I was listening to. She's a professional organizer and built this business and very high, highly productive, high energy. And she recently has gone back to school to get her PhD in organizing. Her kids are raised and she was reflecting on the season right before going into her PhD program. And she said, I had reached a point where, because she was so organized, I had so much time on my hands that I didn't know what to do with myself. And so she said she found herself sleeping 10 to 12 hours a night. And she's, I wouldn't, I had never done that my entire marriage, right? Like she would usually get six, six, seven hours at the most. And that was enough for her. But she said, I think I just needed that deep rest and that time to, to see what was the next thing that was going to emerge. And she said that was 18 months of sleeping a lot and just having all of this space in my life. And then from that came this desire and pursuit of her PhD in organization. And so it was interesting to me, we're talking, Christina, you had mentioned kind of those long stretches of the transitions and the seasons and, but just allowing herself that. And then from that, letting this thing emerge again, which was very countercultural to her personality and nature and how she typically, and she's like, now I'm right back. I'm PhD. I'm running my company. I'm back to my normal sort of six hours a night hyper. And she loves that. She loves that pace. It's how she feels like she's her best self, but yet allowing herself that 18 months of a slower pace for that. So yeah, the liminal space is real. Thank you so much for this conversation. And for those that are interested, we can also link in the show notes to the Center for Action and Contemplation if you're interested in receiving some of their newsletters. So on that note, this is the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into. So what are we into? Every now and again, I feel like I do hit something that is reminiscent of the past, which is funny because we're talking about moving out of it. But I recently was like, I love to doodle. (laughs) There's something about it that is just interesting. I'm not that good at it. I wouldn't give it to anybody, but I have enjoyed taking a few moments out of the day lately to just doodle and specifically hearts. I don't know why, but I enjoy making patterns with hearts. I am in transition, moving from early spring to late spring into summer. And I'm transitioning from a certain type of hat to another hat. And I uh, am trying my best to age well. But one of the things the doctor said is you need to wear hats for the rest of your life. You have this bald spot. You're, you're, you got to be careful of the sun and moles and melanoma, all the stuff. And so I didn't know the difference between a fedora hat and a Panama hat. And apparently it is the material. So I am transitioning from a fedora, which is felt, to a Panama, which is straw. And they can hold the same shape. They're the same style, but one is felt, the other is straw. So I'm transitioning from fedoras to Panamas. Nice. I am into monthly, usually, sometimes it's every other month, individual dates with my kids. Just recently, I started adopting this habit of taking each of my kids out for a special outing, typically once a month. My youngest is very determined. Mom, it is May. When is our date going to happen? The older two tend to be a little bit busier. But so we just went yesterday on our date. And at the end, we, we went out for to Culver's. He wanted to do Culver's. And then we went across to there's a garden center 
next to the Clover's place. And actually, we were looking at hats. I was like, oh my gosh, dad would that because there were some different wide brim hats at the garden center. So we had a moment thinking about you on our date, but it's just really fun. And each of the kids, one time taking them shopping or we went to a special bakery and just fun noticing their different personalities and being able to have that special time. So I have been into special monthly-ish dates with my kids. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, make it a great week. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.